Welcome to King of Glory Lutheran Church Education Podcast. We are a Christian community of faith located in Williamsburg, Virginia. For more information, please visit us on the web at kogva.org. So yeah, so Kate will tell us a little bit about what she's going to be doing in the uh, Dominican Republic. I think it's it's pretty neat um, because we, we have a deaconess intern already, and we sent Sarah Scungier to be a deaconess intern, and now we have a deaconess intern visiting us. Um, so very quickly, let's just go around and share our first name. Um, start over there. Bill Wallace. Joni Wallace. Oli Olson. Jim. Carol. Peter. John. Thank you for your incredible blessing to have a community of faith where we can come together and not only worship you, but also learn together as as your people. Um, God, we ask that as we approach this text today, that you would open our hearts and our minds, uh, that in your in your love and in your patience with us, that you would give us time to digest what Jesus was saying and how it matters. Not only for us here on this earth, but for all people to know you. Lord, we thank you for our time together. We thank you for uh, the love that you've had for us in Christ Jesus. We ask that you bless our time now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All righty. So, I asked for some of you to take some of the... I don't know what those are called. Paddles? What are they called? Breakboards. Yeah, paddle sounds like we might be using those um, to um, hurt one another. Um, so I don't want to do that. Uh, so we are going to be reading through um, Luke today. We're reading a little bit more than what we read at the gospel reading this morning, just to give us some context of what's happening here. Uh, I, I feel like every time I'm in here, we're reading in Luke, which I really love. Luke is, if we, yes, right? I always feel like we're in Luke, which is good. Um, if you ha- were to have a favorite gospel, uh, maybe Luke is your favorite. John is my favorite. But uh, I spent a lot of time with Luke, so um, I'm excited to be here today. Well, this is Daniel. Is that the right one? That is, yes. We're going to be going back, yes. <laughs> and we're going to be in Daniel, just for a couple of verses. Um, so if you want to get your Bibles out, um, and we're going to be looking, like I said, contextual reasons. We're going to start with some big ideas and points to consider, and want to hear from you today. Um, so we're going to be looking at the big idea that the kingdom of God brings many surprises. Not all who think they belong to it really do. We're going to learn that today. Uh, and then some points to consider. Some think that they are in the kingdom, but they are not. The boundaries of the people of God will not be drawn where many people expect. The kingdom of God is not always so obvious, but in the end, everyone will know its power. Jesus knows that his journey will end in Jerusalem with death, and Jesus has a mission to Jerusalem, and he longs for the city to respond before it's too late. Before it's too late. So what I'd like us to do is we're going to read these three different portions of Luke 13, but we're going to read the first portion, and then we're going to kind of see where do we where do we see this big idea or the points to consider 
then we're going to do the second portion, so on and so forth, and kind of break it down like that. Um, so when we were coming up with this theme that destination because it matters, uh, we, we were talking about how so often we talk about the journey of, of a Christian, right, and the discipleship walk. And uh, the journey is certainly matters very much, but it doesn't matter if you don't know where you're, where you're going, right? <laughs> um, if you're just on a journey and you don't, you don't know what the destination is, then you're just kind of aimlessly walking around. Uh, and so we were, we don't want to neglect that we are on this earth and we're part of this discipleship journey, uh, but we also don't want to lose sight of what the destination is. And Jesus certainly didn't lose sight of what the destination was as well. And this passage um, is very destination destination themed, right? All right, so Pat, you're going to read for us, thank you, uh, 13, <laughs> see, it works, 13, 10 through 17. Uh, let's start there. Thanks. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had had a disabling spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not fully straighten herself. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are free from your disability. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight, and she glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, said to the people, There are six days in which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be healed, not on the Sabbath day. Then the Lord answered him, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to water it? And ought not this woman a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? As he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame, and all the people rejoiced at all the glorious things that were done by him. Thank you. Okay, let's look back at those big ideas and the points to consider. And how do these relate to what we just read here in Luke 13, 10 through 17. Remember, we're kind of building here. And not too many chapters ago, actually, we, I was with you when we read this, where Jesus actually set his face toward Jerusalem, right? He, he, there's a big shift in Luke where he's teaching his disciples, and all of a sudden he sets his face towards Jerusalem, and he's on that destination. And so everything really from then on... We're, we're walking towards the cross, right? And so we have to keep it with the cross in mind. So these big ideas and points to consider. What what are some of those things that maybe we just heard from Pat? Yes, Jim. Well, the, the, uh, the ruler of the synagogue criticized Jesus for doing work. And, uh, you know, he, he didn't do work. He just said, be healed. Yeah. And, so speaking is doing work, I guess. And, you know, the he was the leader of the synagogue. Presumably, was there to speak to the people. So he right. was doing work too. So. That's true. Yeah, good point. Yeah, what, what was he doing? What were they doing there if not, you know, doing some sort of work? Okay. What else? Well, Jesus is presenting a, an entirely new way of, of thought. That, was was not uh, before this uh, even considered in, 
in right. the, the life of the Jews. They were hemmed in by uh, generations of, of old thought of the law, the law, the law. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was going beyond that, saying, uh, uh, well, they still hadn't figured he was the fulfillment of everything. Right. And now it's, an, it's a different type of lifestyle. It's not something that's hemmed in by rules, and, and it's inclusive uh, mm-hmm. of everyone. Yeah, of everyone, right? Mm-hmm. So that's where you get to. John? It's interesting also for this this guy's really wants the Sabbath rules to be kept, but he's not cleansing the temple. And Jesus, when he's there, he supports that honor the Sabbath at the right time and the right place. Mm-hmm. They're more focused on, we don't want you to do whatever you did. It's not really what comes out of our mouth here. Mm-hmm. Because if they were worried about that, they would have been in the temple saying, stop stop, stop carrying burdens through here. Mm-hmm. There's no movement on the part of any of them. They're hemmed in with those laws, and they're, they've gotten lost in the definition in the fine print. Yeah. Carol? Um, I was kind of drawn to the Satan bound for 18 years yeah. and be loose. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever seen it written like that, or I've just never noticed it, mm-hmm. that it is saying her problem was... A gift from Satan. Yeah. So by Jesus doing what he did, he also showed his power over Satan. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah. <clears throat> I'd offer that there might also be a little bit of, of uh, jealousy and suspicion here because this was a miracle that was done. Yeah. Now, can you imagine us being a Christian congregation and somebody coming in and, and taking uh, a member of our congregation and and saying, yeah. you're cured, and suddenly they are cured. Yeah. And you're wondering, how did how that did all happen? come about? Yeah. You know, Suspicious. Our, yeah. Yeah. Also, right, um, so I think we hit on a lot of the issues, or, you know, so to speak here. Um, we also have, oops, sorry, uh, we also have the fact that this is somebody who's been bound for 18 years by Satan, what what kind of person? A, a daughter, a woman. Woman, right? Where are women? Where are women in this pecking order? Uh, yeah, way down, right? Above children, but way down, right? So so what is Jesus doing here? He's changing the entire narrative, right, of the kingdom of God. He's changing what's happening here, and he's changing it. So that not only not only does he see that, right? He's not just changing it for all time, but he's introducing something that is uncomfortable for, for the people who, who he's talking to, right? And he does this in a... Debbie, did you have something? Okay, I thought you were saying Do you have something? Maybe that was the Holy Spirit telling me that you had something. Um, so, so he does this, and look at the way that he does this. He goes in kind of a lesser to greater argument. So he sets it up in these parallels. If an animal, right, how much more a daughter of Abraham's? If one whom you have bound for a few hours, right, the donkey, how much more one whom Satan has bound for 18 years? If you can loose the bonds of an animal on the Sabbath, as well as the other six days of the week, how much more is it necessary for God 
to loose this woman's bond on the Sabbath. So he kind of ratchets it up with each parallel, right? So what is he trying to what is he trying to show us here? Remember, if we're listening to Jesus, we should always hear two things, right? We should hear what he's saying, and we should hear what he is trying to trying to do, right? He's not his words also usually mean that something else is shifting here. It's his words of what's happening, and it's this kingdom shift that he's trying to do. I like the part where well, when she was made straight. She glorified God. Yes. She put the emphasis on who freed her. Yeah. Who freed her. Yeah. Holy. Yeah. It wasn't doing work. He gave her a gift. Yeah. He did. Giving. Yeah. It may be work for other people, right? For God, it was a gift. For God, it was a gift. Yeah. Thanks, Sue. And also, he's trying to, another point he was trying to make through his ministry was that there's no longer slave, nor free, nor man, nor woman, nor, right. you know, he was putting everyone on an equal playing field, <coughs> and of course, I don't know where exactly the women fell, some are just above the animals. Yeah, above children, so, and children yeah. were, yeah, 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 because they could be stoned to death. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, um, anyway, he's little by little he's trying to make the point I think that everyone needs to I think he's also showing the impossibility of keeping the law hmm. don't work on Sabbath but you mm-hmm. untie your animals so right. they get water and I mean you can, how do you get to the synagogue is not walking work Right. I yeah. mean it, it's, it's almost ludicrous right. to try and you know keep the exact word of the law so he's got a better one. Yeah. And his way is is keeping the law, right? But he's saying, hey, listen, it's not life-threatening, right, for you to keep your donkey tied up and to untie them. Like, they can, you could bring them water, right? You could, but because you're doing this for your donkey, but you wouldn't do this for, yeah. you know, it's yeah. the it's a spirit of the law versus a letter of the law, right? And, and again, it's, you know, keep the Sabbath holy, uh, doesn't mean you can't do anything. Right. Yeah. And he is keeping it holy, right? His, his, yeah. God's name is being honored, yeah. like Linda pointed out to us, right? Yep. God's name is being honored. Okay. <clears throat> maybe the ruler of the synagogue was jealous because he couldn't cure her. Maybe. Maybe that's where we get to the suspicion, right? So he's shifting the narrative of what the destination is, right? It's not the destination just for some. It's the destination for even this daughter of <coughs> All right, so he's shifting that for us. All right, let's go to Luke 13. All right, thanks, Linda. 18 through 21. It's the mustard seed and the leaven. He said, therefore, what is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his garden. And it grew and it became a tree. And the birds of the air made nest in its branches. And again he said, to what shall I compare the kingdom of God? It is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour until it was all leavened. Thank you. All right, so we've got our little tiny mustard seed, right? And then we've got our mustard bush, right? Not really a tree. Bush. Bush tree. Yeah? All right. Let's hear from Peter. Actually, let's hear from Daniel. That Peter's going to read. <laughs> um, yes. 
Uh, we're gonna, these two are kind of tied together, and then we're going to go back and try to answer our questions about the big idea. Um, and let, let's hear in Daniel how we're, we're linked to this. Okay, this is from chapter 4, and uh, Nebuchadnezzar is speaking to Daniel. These are the visions I saw while lying in my bed. I looked, and there before me stood a tree in the middle of the land. Its height was enormous. The tree grew large and strong, and its top touched the sky. It was visible to the ends of the earth. Its leaves were beautiful, its fruit abundant, and on it was food for all. Under it the beasts of the field found shelter, and the birds of the air lived in its branches, and from it every creature was fed. And he had asked Daniel to interpret that, so Daniel went on to say, The tree you saw, which grew large and strong, with its top touching the sky, visible to the whole earth, with beautiful leaves and abundant fruit, providing food for all, giving shelter to the beasts of the field, and having nesting places in its branches for the birds of the air. You, O king, are that tree. You have become great and strong. Your greatness has grown until it reaches the sky, and your dominion extends to the distant parts of the earth. Great. All right. So, because the mustard tree is not really a tree, right, most interpreters think that uh, Jesus is using this imagery from Daniel that people would know, right? And so we have Nebuchadnezzar, who provides that shelter, right, for the for the tribes, right, that he's going to take care of. So how could this, how do we go to this and approach it about the kingdom of God? Let's look back at Luke, right? So we've got the kingdom of God is like this. It's like a mustard seed. It's a mustard seed. It's so tiny, right, so tiny, and it turns into this. What are we, what are we talking about here? What's Jesus doing for the kingdom of God? What would you think if you saw this? How big is that going to grow? <laughs> I don't know. How many of you... Probably pop it in your mouth and crunch it. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing has really grown in my yard this year because the rabbits keep eating everything, which I didn't know was rabbits until Todd told me last night. Not happy with the cute little bunnies. Uh, but it takes a lot, right, to grow something from, from this big. Jesus it's nothing short of a miracle, actually. Okay, nothing short of a miracle. I agree with you. The kingdom of God is like a miracle, right? Let's fill those in. What else? I've never seen a mustard tree, but from what I understand, it, yeah. it's enormous. Yeah. It's so you enormous. look at a small thing and say, what could possibly come yeah. out of that? Small seeds may be a small plant. Small seeds may be a small plant. So what would we say? Sue? Well, he also stated that if we have faith, it's the size of a mustard seed, which was, which is very small, that it can bloom and it can blossom and it can grow. Mm -hmm. And that's what he's doing is planting that seed within his people. Of course, the whole sowing of the seed on the good ground mm -hmm. and in hopes that it will take root and it will 
grow and it will flourish and and like Nebuchadnezzar's uh, tree mm -hmm. in Daniel is going to you know shade people. It's going to cover people. It's you know it's going to do its job for people yeah. for the kingdom. Yeah. Carol, mm -hmm. so, if you sow the seed, it will spread. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's a good way of looking at that mustard seed. Yeah. Because this is kind of surprising, right? This is, that it would be this day, right? And I, I think what Jesus also may be doing here is, is kind of talking about the subver subversive nature of the kingdom of God, right? It's a little surprising. Not subversive in a bad way, but in a way where it kind of starts out where you might think it's one thing, right? You might think it's you might think it's a small, little, tiny thing that is only for certain people. But then what Jesus does is he says, no, it's not just this one little thing. It's something much bigger than what you can even imagine. And so if we go back to our questions and our thoughts about the kingdom of God is something that is not just for a few people, what could the mustard tree tell us about that? Mustard seed to mustard tree. We think it's this, right? But it's what? Well, again, not not knowing a lot about the mustard plant, uh -huh. but you know, we all know that uh, there are some things like weeds that, you know, if you look out on your yard, they don't have to be cultivated. They don't need a whole lot of fertilizer. They don't need to be taken care of. They just need it, a chance. Mm -hmm. Just give them a bare spot, and that weed will just take over. Mm -hmm. It may be the same with mustard. Uh, uh, if you just stick it in the ground, mm -hmm. it doesn't need to be watered, fertilized, cultivated, baby. Maybe it just needs that chance, and it just takes over. The kingdom of God can do the kingdom of God work, right? Yeah, it doesn't need everybody out there helping it along. Yeah. Just give it a chance. It, and it's... And it's bigger than what we can even imagine it to be, right? Think also about the yeast, right? So it's not just that the yeast is in one place, but what happens? It gets, yeah, it grows. It gets all throughout it, right? And so once, once the kingdom of God is unleashed, watch out. <laughs> the kingdom of God is, is bigger than we can imagine. Steve? And this may not quite be it, but I think of the small seed. I think of the Jewish people. Mm. When I think of the bush, I think of everybody. That might be it, Steve. Yeah, that might be part of it, right? That might be part of it. It's small. We think it's small. Maybe not we, but maybe they. The Jewish people did. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's just for us. We're the chosen. Right. No. It's but for everybody. Right. Jewish, that's good. And Gentiles. Yeah. Debbie and then Howie. Debbie? Yes. Something you just said um, made me think power is unleashed so I'm thinking that you know, there's no way that we could ever get that mustard tree back into that seed no. <laughs> and there's no way that we could ever separate the yeast mm -hmm. from a large uh, mound of dough yeah. and so once it, it goes out um, the potential for what it can do is beyond our imagination yeah, and we may not see it I mean I think in, the, in our own yard, the only thing we can grow very successfully is trees, it seems. 
But um, we look at those after having lived on this lot for 17 years now, and they, wow, look at that tree gets so big. I, mm-hmm. I have to prune that all the time now. I get somebody to prune that. I can reach it. Yeah. Very subtle. Yeah. I have, we had no idea. Right. And then all of a sudden, there it is. Yeah. Subtle, subversive, right? Like you don't know, and all of a sudden it's there. Howie and then John and Kate. From the birds and the beasts viewpoint. Yeah, what is it? He provided a home. Yeah. It was like they had nothing in mouth. Yeah. I'm at home. Yes. Yeah. Shelter. Shelter. Yeah. Think of shade, right? Shade, Especially in something to eat. Yeah, something to eat. These hot leaves. Yeah. John and Kate and Rosie. I, I see this too as a uh, sort of a prophecy on the growth of the church. Yeah. Starts one person. Mm-hmm. With Luther started one person. <coughs> with this little congregation started with forty people. Yeah. So I see that as prophecy. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah, I had someone yesterday saying it just we've just grown so much. Somebody, I, I think she's a uh, charter member. And I think about that, I mean, I think back to 10 years ago and where we were um, and what God has done. And I think about those of you who have been here since the beginning and to see how God has, you know, maybe a little mustard seed and then look at this, right? Look at what God has done. Kate? I was just going to talk about the, um, the shelter and how the birds of the air make nests in its branches to make their home and that mm-hmm. our home is in the kingdom. Yeah. And coming back to um, what Pastor was talking about in his sermon, um, with God as our refuge and strength and that protection that we have from our Father. <coughs> Great. Thank you. And Steve. I look at that bush and I think of one seed. You've got that. Think of how many seeds that produces. Right. That can then expand it more and more. Yeah. And there goes the kingdom of God. Yeah. Just like that. Right. So, yes, and you sir. think of all of nature, how uh, the birds and the wind scatter and yep. spread. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's just it is such a miracle. Yeah, it really is, and it and amazing, right? How even if we just look at creation, how God incorporates all of these, you know, the wind and the birds and the bees and the I've had so many dragonflies this year. <laughs> uh, you know, all of these things that carry and bring, you know. Hummingbirds and and they all go around and they continue that work of creation and how how he includes us even in that in the creation and you know, continuation of the church. All right, so what do we have, Doctor? Yeah. Sorry, Sue. Yes. Oh, um, just I, I was thinking of another verse and I looked it up and there's a picture with it. Um, oh my goodness. So, my, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I meant it. And it should. And every, all the pictures where there are little seeds coming, little mm-hmm. shoots coming up from the ground. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's a great picture. That's a yeah, great. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where? What was that on? That's uh, I don't know. It's Isaiah fifty-five eleven. But where did you find it? Where did you find the picture? Google. Google, 
<laughs> right? So he's saying it's bigger than you can imagine, but it's a narrow door. But if we go with our big idea, the kingdom of God brings many surprises. So we've already talked about a few surprises. We've talked about the surprise that you can do work, quote unquote, on the Sabbath because it's not breaking the law to heal someone. Um, we talked about how the kingdom of God is going to be it's subversive, it's subtle, we don't see it coming necessarily, and then all of a sudden it's this huge, tall, encompassing tree uh, to bring life and um, you know, life and sustainment to all people. But not all who think they belong to it really do. What do we see Jesus doing in that last part of the passage? Jen? This has always bothered me because the picture I see is this door about that wide and 50,000 people trying to get through. Yeah. And people who are considerate and let someone go in front of them, then the door closes and they're left outside. Hmm. So it doesn't, somehow it, Yeah. It, you know, it's sort of like push your way in because if you're not in there first, you're not going to get in. Okay. I mean, that, yes. I don't think that's what it's saying, but no, that's what. No, but that's what it's Coming across you. Okay, we'll hold that there because Larry, Larry had his hand up real quick. So, um, When the guy is saying you taught in our streets, he's not acknowledging that he listened. He was just aware that you were around and you were talking to people and he thought that was going to be good enough for him to be covered too. Right. And it wasn't. Right. And let's go back to what was happening for most of the Old Testament. People were pushing their way, right? Um, the people who were supposed to be taking care of others were not, right? They were they were using the food themselves. They, people were starving. Um, widows and orphans were not being taken care of. I mean, most of what, what God is angry about in the Old Testament is that people are not doing what he said to do to live as he has called them to do. And it's not about um, being the most powerful. It's about helping the most people and taking care of others. Um, and that's what God, there, there's a lot that we see, um, and we see that the prophets, the false prophets, are the ones that are saying, oh, it's okay, just, you know, do what you want. <laughs> um, it's okay to have all the silver and gold in the temple, and, you know, you have all that, and, and it doesn't matter that these people out here are starving, uh, but the the real prophets, the true prophets, are saying, no, repent, turn back to the Lord, um, listen to him, listen to his ways, uh, he will return to you. And so we have this kind of going into, when Jesus comes into this world, uh, that's where we are, right? Is where we are not necessarily taking care of one another, we are not um, letting others go before us. And I think... Um, Especially here, right, right, Jim. I see where I see where you're saying this. Where it seems like you know, you're knocking, and then he's going to get up and, and shut the door. You're not going to be able to come in. Uh, but what Jesus is also telling us, um, I, is that kind of what Larry just said, which is it's more of a recognition that you were in our streets, you were talking to us. We weren't digesting and ingesting and living what I was telling you to do. And so if we go back to our big ideas that some people maybe aren't going to be in the kingdom, I think it's more because they think that they're going to be in the kingdom just because of who their ancestors are, right? Just because of who their ancestors are. 
Because, unfortunately, what was happening at that time is that people were saying, we have, who is our father? Abraham, Abraham, right? Abraham's great. Abraham's great, right? No one's saying anything against Abraham, right? But then Jesus is saying, it's not about, it's not about what happened. It's not about the past. It's not about Abraham. It's about what you're doing now. It's about this kingdom of God that's happening now. It's about Jesus going to these towns and villages now. And it's about listening to what he's doing and responding now. Is this hard? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Is this, is this kind of a little uncomfortable? Yeah, it is. But you know what Jesus is doing here? Is he knows what's going to happen. What does he do after this? He gets to, he gets to Jerusalem. He approaches Jerusalem. What does he do? He weeps over Jerusalem. There's a wish you would return to me. A wish that I could cover you, right? I could co- think about our covering with a tree. He wants to cover them. He wants to cover them and say, yet yeah, you are part of me, but so are all these other people. And it can't just be about you. Because the destination does matter. He, he knows. He knows where he's going. He knows what he has to do. And he knows where he wants his people to be. And so I don't know if it's so much that if we don't get there on time, you know, that other people are going to get in front of us. But I think it is that it is that we're hearing what Jesus is saying. And then we're acting accordingly. I don't think it's so much uh, the timing of getting through the door. Mm-hmm. It's when you get to that narrow door, what are you carrying? You know, if you're loaded down with all the, the baggage and luggage of the world, mm-hmm. and you come to this door and you can't get through it carrying all this stuff, but the guy next to you who is truly committed to uh, Christ and, and really has no ties to anything, it's just him or her walking through the door. Not trying to scoot through with that that suitcase or the the duffel bag. Uh, everybody will show up at the door, but not everybody's going to be able to get through. John, one thing that helps me with this because I'm I'm like Jim. It's like, gee, you know, this, this is not Christmas. Get that toy and fight your way into. Yeah. <laughs> He's not actually answering the question mm-hmm. that was asked to him, and that's a big part of it. Is yeah. Don't worry about how many or those kind of things you have to work at it. Make sure there's nothing in your hands. But he isn't really answering the question. It's a little, because this, you know, the number of saving many is more like how many Jews are there going to be? Right. And and it's like, it's what you do and not what you are. And he's trying to lead him back. But he's not really answering no. Question. He doesn't really answer the question. Mm-hmm. True Jesus form, right? <laughs> um, he doesn't really answer the question, but if you look back at what he's been doing, he is kind of answering the question, right? He is saying that there's going to be more people than you think. 
right? If you go back to the mustard seed and the mustard bush, that's, that's a lot more people than you can, right? It's a lot bigger than you can imagine that that little mustard seed's going to be. And so I agree with you, John, that it's not about what everybody, what's happening to everybody else. It's about what, what is that relationship with me? And it's not based on who your father was, right? Who your parents were. It does not, it's not based on that. It's based on that personal relationship that Jesus has had with you and has called you into his kingdom. At the end of the day, I'm not going to get to the narrow door and say, well, I knew Peter Lincoln, right? And Pete's got a really strong faith, right? That's not going to fly. It's it's the same thing. It's not not about who you know or whose you are except for whose you are in in Christ Jesus. And it is, but I agree. He doesn't answer the question. Um, He kind of gives more of an example of of uh, what could happen because that's what that's what's happening. I mean, people are people are more concerned about themselves than about yes, Debbie. Well, I was just thinking about that. Um, here, since he says make every effort to enter through the narrow door, there were all of those religious leaders rejected him. Yes, no matter how many miracles they saw, no matter how much history they knew, um, they they just had a mental block. Yeah. That. And I, I, it's in John that he says, I am the door. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And oh, so when you think of it that way, mm-hmm. um, that is a narrow door. You have to believe that Jesus is the way. Absolutely. And they couldn't do it. They couldn't mm-hmm. get past that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not only could they not get past it, but that's what he's trying to, right? He's trying to tell them that... You have all these other things. You've got your traditions. You've got your Sabbath day laws. You know that you think you think these things are going to be the things that actually save you, and they're not, right? They're not. And who you think should be in the kingdom isn't actually any concern to God, <laughs> right? We don't dictate who's in the kingdom of God. We don't dictate that. God dictates that. So I know. I, I mean, this came up in CDT years ago where we had some kids who were very concerned about their about their Jewish friends. So we looked at Romans, right? And it looks like God is being very merciful, that God has not also totally excluded people. And so we say, all right, God, instead of us trying to dictate who you who we think should be in the kingdom, how about we listen to who you say is going to be in the kingdom? And we all have the opportunity to we all have the opportunity to go to that narrow door, right? And so be, be attentive to what we are being called to do. John? This passage always uh, causes me to think about when I was growing up, uh, I'd always lived in a small town, mm-hmm. and everybody knew everybody else. Mm-hmm. And there were some groups of people that never went to church. Mm-hmm. Others sometimes went to church, and they were faithful members. But it seemed like the uh, the banker was always on the board of trustees simply because he was a banker, mm. whether he came to church or not. Mm. And this is a type of thing that uh, people belong to the church because of financial or mm-hmm. political or mm-hmm. cultural reasons. Right. It makes a big difference yeah. in what, what the judgment's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not just the saddest thing. Well, thanks for that really difficult conversation. Um, my encouragement to us, before I turn this over to Kate, would be 
that we focus on what the destination is, that our relationship, right, and what God has done for us in Christ Jesus, but we don't neglect the other people who also need to hear about hear about Jesus, right? So it's a both and, but it's not a we are in so we're the only ones that are in, right? It's not just the Lutherans. We've all heard those jokes about how the Lutherans think that they're the only ones in heaven, right? We've all heard the joke about, you know, don't shh, walking down the hall, and the Lutherans think they're the only ones here. Um, we, and yeah. So we've all heard those jokes. Uh, we're not going to be the only ones in heaven, which is great. Think about, think about all the different people that are going to be in heaven. Um, when I, I used to teach, when I used to teach on Jonah and the people who, of Nineveh who repented, uh, guess what? We're going to see some of those people <laughs> uh, from Nineveh, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. Kate, come on up. Thank you. Um, and the right of the sophomores are Do you have a flash drive? I do. Yeah, let's just do the flash drive. It's my, my, I so Kate is going to be going to the Dominican Republic, right Kate? Yes. Um, which if you remember, we had Erin here, yeah, last summer, uh, and she's in the Dominican Republic, which is super exciting. So I just Yep, just go ahead and say it. Yeah. I'll get you, I'll get you. Okay, perfect. Awesome. So, uh, my name is Kate Phillips. I am from Annapolis, Maryland. Okay, um, I'm from Annapolis, Maryland. I'm a member at St. Paul Annapolis, um, so I'm not too far from here at all. And then it's the last presentation. Okay. Work. Um, so, let's see here. I am um, an Alstomist missionary, deaconess intern to the Dominican Republic. So I am currently a student at um, Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, and so this is my internship. It's going to be two years, so it's a little bit longer since I'm going abroad. Um, and then when I come back, I will finish um, my degree, and then I can be commissioned as a deaconess and either receive a call back down to Latin America or come back to the United States, whatever is best for me at that time. Um, should be able to just to touch it. To touch it? Awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes. This, this is wonderful. Um, so, yes. So, I'm just going to talk a little bit more. Okay. Um, this is a picture of my family, my, my mom and my grandmother. Um, and getting involved with LWML, it was very instrumental for me in learning more about missions, learning more about world missions, um, and actually led to me um, becoming a deaconess. And so that was just... Um, a big part of that, but I'm going to skip over that because I'm sure you want to hear more about the Dominican Republic. Do you know how to pick crabs? That's the real question. I do. Okay. Well, you're from there. That's why I have the crabs yes, up there. Of course. You all probably see crabs, so I can just scoot over from there. Um, so here's a map of the world. This is the um, LCMS World Mission Map. Each region is in a different color. So the Dominican Republic is in the Latin America and Caribbean region there. We're a little further east right now. We're in the same time zone, but then come fall, we'll be the Dominican Republic will be an hour ahead of us here on the coast. Are you being sent to a church congregation or to a missionary organization? So I'll be um, part of the um, Dominican Republic Lutheran Mission through the Office of International Mission at LCMS. So I'm sent through LCMS. Uh, I will be living in Santiago up here, and we have three church plants there. I will be assigned to one of those church plant congregations to be serving there. 
Um, and that'll be just one piece of my internship. The other piece of my internship is working with people with disabilities. Um, about eight years ago, with the help of Bethesda, we opened up a group home in the Dominican Republic. We have six youth who live there, um, and it's in this uh, neighborhood just outside of Santiago. So I'll be spending a lot of time there um, at the group home, caring for those kids, helping them to integrate into the community that they live in. Um, and then also going into the community, we have um, people in the area um, who have disabilities who are still living in, in homes. And so we go and do spiritual care visits at those homes and also um, give the families resources to help their loved ones uh, gain independence. Um, so at the congregation, I'll be teaching Bible studies and um, going on visits and Sunday school. I'll uh, also be mentoring young women in how to live a Christian life. So that's what my um, the congregation side of my service will look like. Um, so here's Santiago, um, and that's where Erin McKenzie lives on the Santiago. We'll be in, living in the same neighborhood. Um, there's about 600,000 people there, um, so it's a, a pretty big city, and about two hours from Santo Domingo, which is where our other congregations are located. Any special language preparation, or is English? Spanish, yes. So I'm learning Spanish, so I'll need to use Spanish. Um, in order to communicate with um, the people in the Dominican Republic. Some people know English, and a lot of people, the more educated people are learning English, um, but Spanish is definitely necessary. Um, here are just some pictures. This is from just down the street from our congregation in Palmar Arriba and down the street from our group home. Um, this just kind of shows we're here in the mountains. You can see kind of the mountains and just this beautiful baseball field in the middle of baseball. It's very important to our culture in the Dominican Republic. Go ahead have to include that. Um, just kind of skip over about what we eat and just some pretty pictures. Okay, so this is our congregation in Palmar Arriba, which is right next to the group home. I have a picture of the group home in two more slides. Here we have our, um, like our sanctuary worship spaces on this middle floor. The bottom floor is our, one of our schools, and that's for preschool through sixth grade. So through the school, we get to reach out to the community, reach out to people who've never heard about Christ. Um, and if time allows, I'll be doing some teaching in the school as well. Um, so I'll be pretty busy. The top floor is a seminary for, it's a LCMS Spanish-speaking seminary um, serving all of the um, Spanish-speaking world. So that is located there. These are some of the students gathered for um, morning devotions. And um, so this is where a lot of the kids first learn about Jesus. Every morning they gather for devotions, um, pray and, and sing. Uh, and so that's just a great way that we reach out. They go home, tell their parents about Jesus, and eventually they bring their parents back to church. But a lot of the kids will come to church by themselves. Um, so you have eight-year-olds, especially at VBS, just about a month ago, a lot of the kids were, were bringing themselves to church. So this is what this is our group home. This is Deaconess Danelle Putnam. She is an LCMS missionary who's been in the Dominican Republic since we started there about 15 years ago. This is a local Dominican woman. She's a doctor, um, Dr. Mary Soul, and she is our director of the Good Shepherd Lutheran Home. So she helps us um, navigate the, uh, the government laws and regulations um, and really helps us help that way to have a strong connection with the Dominican government. We are able to go into a nursing home down close to the Santo Domingo, um, and it's called Bianzi Ocho, and it's a nursing home for adults with disabilities who have aged out of the orphanage. And we have permission from the government to go in and do Bible lessons with these people. 
Um, so we're able to, to go and do that. And um, she's helped us form that, that relationship as well. Um, so these are our kids. They're now turning into young adults. So um, it's hard because they've been living there for about eight years now. Um, they've learned skills towards independence. They've been integrated into their community um, and into the congregation right there next door. So you've been there before. I have. I um, have been there for um, two short-term trips. Um, so I visited in Santo Domingo and in Santiago, um, have gone on some visits, gone to Bible studies and everything like that in, in the Santiago area. Um, so I'm familiar with it. I will be officially leaving at the end of September, um, and that's I will be down there um, for about two years at that point. Um, so living down there for that time. Um, I'm going to stop here and give you kind of a brief overview of what I'm doing. If you want to learn more about what I'm doing, the little cards that um, they're handing out after church, and I know I see some of you have them, there's a link there to sign up for my newsletter, and I send that out every month. So if you want to keep up with me and what I'm doing, uh, you can sign up for that there. And I can take like, maybe one or two questions real quick. Where did you grow up? Uh, Arnold, Maryland, so Annapolis. Oh, you, you're from Maryland originally? I am, yes. Yes. And about how many people actually come to a Sunday service? I do not have those numbers because it changes so rapidly. Um, so I don't have that, and I haven't been down in over a year. So. Um, I would say, well, yeah, I don't want to throw out a wrong number. <laughs> but, um, you know, maybe, well, depending on page of the conversation. 30, 40, 50, somewhere in there right now. Um, but I'm, I'm really not sure. Is this the only uh, missionary organization in the area? Or do you have other denominations also serving? Um, I believe there are some other denominations around. Um, Dr. Mary Soul actually is not Lutheran. Uh, I don't know what her, I forget what her denomination is. Um, and we actually partner the kids go once a week to something at... Um, another church that's just like a hangout for um, kids with disabilities and um, they, they go to that so we kind of partner together as well for some things what's the predominant religion there? Roman Catholic so most people will identify as Roman Catholic which does not mean that they're practicing um, and a lot of um, there's a lot of more like paganism and um, superstition and um, witchcraft that's kind of getting into the culture as well so that's something we have to fight, yes. I was going to ask, does the voodoo stop at the border, or does it lead to cross from Haiti? Um, it is still in the Dominican Republic, yeah. It's, it's a very Caribbean culture thing in general, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Buenas suerte en su trabajo con la iglesia en España en Santo de Santiago. So, buenas suerte. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> 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 I'm going to pray about the same thing. I'm going to pray about the same yeah. Best wishes in your work in the Christian Church in Santa Thank you. Thank this you very much. A little long. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am just learning. Thank you for listening to the King of Glory Church Education Podcast. Our mission is to connect to God and His people, grow in faith and love, and live through service and sharing. Visit us on the web at kogva.org.